What's going on, Kellen? Dominique Henderson here with DJH Capital Management and the Jumpstart Coaching Lab. Two time finder, man. This, 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 is, this, this is, is Diversified, diversified, diversified game, 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 game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kellen. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So let the game begin. It's Kellen, and on today's Diversified Game, this is the reason why we started the show. We talk about money, and we talk about how people got there. And when you start showing people how to make money, you're at a different level, and talk about investing and financial tips. I hope you guys listen to this interview before you try giving a bunch of tips, because you might learn what certifications you need to legally do it, at least in America. Today's guest, I have Dominique Henderson. He's going to give us the game on how he's done all that and above. You know, we're not going to say that I met him at Mar-a-Lago, but let's just say he could afford the ticket. Dominique, welcome to the show. How you doing? What's going on, Kellen, man? I'm happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me on. Well, thank you for coming on. And if you could just let the people know, you know, a lot of people call themselves consultants. A lot of folks say I'm a coach and people say, oh, I can show you with these. You know, I have financial tips that I got tattoos all over my face, a big chain. And I am your financial advisor. But you with, you know, the smooth bald head, no chains on, are really certified and a professional at this. Let the people know, how did you get here? Uh, very long journey. So the uh, let's call it the elevator pitch that I'm always working on is um, I've always, always loved to help people. So I think it stands, it starts there because this is a very human to human, relational, belly to belly type of service that I provide, at least. Um, And I think all financial servants should look that way um, when it comes to their clients. But I've always wanted to help people. And so I've I've had this penchant, if you will, towards finance, graduated with a financial degree, uh, financial, um, let's see, my bachelor's was at Prairie View A&M University in 98. And then I started working for a hedge fund. And that institutional side of the money game was just not where I felt like I was helping the most people. And so I eventually transitioned into the retail side, more of what I'm doing now. And, you know, master's degree, then the certified financial planner designation. And now I'm serving um, about 35 households, 30 to 35 households uh, with, you know, regular people that are just trying to make their money grow um, and make their money do what they want their money to do. Right. And have that balance between, let's say, you know, limited time and money, but unlimited options. And what should I do next? So that's kind of where I am right now and on the wealth management side. And so with wealth management and I'm, I'm, you know, when I talk about people with tattoos on the face and chains, one of my pet peeves is, especially in our community, you have people who on Instagram look like they have it all. Right. But I know these people because I represent, you know, various people and I have friends who represent and people are giving people bad medical advice who don't even have a CNA and bad financial advice telling them, hey, your car is actually an asset. And unlike, you know, Dave Ramsey, 
Ramsey who talks about ownership. Oh, you should just lease that for the rest of your life. You whether it be your car and your house. Someone like yourself will say, well, that sounds good in your 20s, 30s, maybe 40s. But when you get to your 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, when you can't work, possibly, it's a different game. And when I saw you on YouTube, I just heard like this guy really knows what he's talking about. So can you talk about some mistakes that you're seeing the majority of people doing, especially in the black and brown communities that you're always maybe having to clean up and educating them? Uh, no, excellent, excellent point. Um, let's back up just a second. I think people have to first understand the equation that will set you apart. So you have human capital, right? Kellen has human capital. There's things that you can do that you can trade what you know and how you do them for financial capital, money, right? So this human capital, financial capital trade is how you actually get the money to grow or do all this other kind of stuff, right? So you go to your job, whatever you do, you trade your human capital for financial capital, they deposit something in your bank account, and then you need to figure out what to do with it. So I think this is where most people probably get messed up. After that trade, what do I do with it? Because the whole lease versus buy, you know, whatever type of assets you're going to use to build your portfolio, these are really crucial things. And the best asset you have is time. You know, you talk about a 25-year-old investing in a Roth versus a 55-year-old. They're getting the same return. The 25-year-old is going to outrun them all the time because they have more time. So it's very important to first understand that equation. Now, when we start talking about the mistakes, I would say number, number one mistake is not understanding that equation. <laughs> if, <laughs> if you don't understand how it's supposed to go, then that's gonna, you're going to be behind in the game. Then I would say mistake number two is starting to live beyond your means. If you live beyond your means, you know, this trade that you're doing of human capital for financial capital, it's not benefiting you. It's benefiting the person that's, you know, giving you probably a portion of what you're really worth. So at the end of the day, I think you need to understand that formula and you need to live beneath your means so that when you're starting to invest, and, and we can probably get into that a little bit, you're, you're, the assets that you're getting or that you're putting into your portfolio um, are appreciating versus something like a car that's depreciating. Now, we all like cars. We all like nice whips, right? <laughs> but at, at the end of the day, do you, are you going to be able to retire off of that car? Probably not. You're going to be able to retire off of money you set aside in an IRA or 401k or Roth IRA or something like that. And so you do want to make sure that there is a large portion of the financial capital that you're receiving from your trade of human capital that's going to assets that are appreciated. Definitely, definitely. Now, when you're talking, you're not just a financial advisor. Can you talk about, you know, your family front? Because somebody will say, well, I don't see any wrinkles on his forehead. I got kids. So it's easy for him to say that, you know. Um, can you talk about the family aspect? So just that people know that you're not just, you know, managing your your own uh, wallet. <laughs> I think so. So family's big with me. I have I have three children. I have a 24, soon to be 24 year old, 22 year old. And 19 year old, my fact, my 19 year old's in here right now listening to this interview because, you know, she's gleaning that knowledge. So I think um, and I've been married for 24 years also. So we can't we can't uh, live, live, uh, leave that out. The, the here's the deal. When you're thinking about 
your legacy, when you're thinking about your portfolio, I think you need to be thinking about all the people that are involved in that, which is just not yourself. Often I talk to clients about, you know, what they want to do with their money. You know, nine times out of 10, Kellen, people are wanting to leave something behind for the next generation, right? There's, you can't take it with you. And there's, I've heard this say, you probably heard this say before too, you know, you never seen a Brinks truck following a hearse. Mm-hmm. So um, I think understanding that this financial thing, it, it goes through the generations, right? Having the, starting with financial literacy, financial education, so you know the game, then moving on to this financial, let's call it planning for your life strategy. That is what's going to set you up for this wealth distribution or passing it on to the next generation. And so I, I, I actually think that, you know, to your point, that family is a very, very integral part of any type of wealth building plan. Um, you know, whether it's your biological um, or you maybe you have some, some surrogates, right? Um, people have family in different types of ways. So it's not always just bloodline. It could be something different. No, definitely. And somebody's out there right now. I also get to hear the the haters. I can hear them and say, hey, he said he had a a, a 24 year old, but it doesn't look like. Yeah, maybe he had him at 16. You know, you know, <laughs> black don't crack if you don't smoke it. So that's that's why. So for the like- record, I'm 45. For the record, I'm 45. <laughs> and so the math works out. <laughs> <laughs> so now you guys I've answered the question for those of you you know who might have listened and said I gotta go watch him because I this doesn't sound like you know uh, an old dude but he has some grown children no this this is beautiful and I'm glad that you said that too because you know on the YouTube streets and I know many of the creators especially in our communities um high value is becoming such a big thing where, you know, folks are like, well, I'm a plumber. I'm a a barber. I make $10,000 a month. So I'm high value. And now they got their chest poked out. Can you talk about what should somebody who considers himself high value only because of their paycheck, which I totally disagree with. It means you make 10,000 a month. doesn't mean you're high value because you still got a low value mentality a lot of times. But what should somebody who's getting their first $10,000 a month be doing with their money? Let's say they have no kids. They're looking for that wife so they can try to catch up with you and not be, you know, a geriatric patient before they get their 24 year old and 19 year old. What are some things that you think they should be doing? Some where should they be putting their money? Mutual funds, CDs. Give us the game. So uh, I'm I'm of the persuasion and I may be a little different than most of my peers. You know, they're 380,000 people, I think, that are calling themselves financial advisors, some certified, obviously some not. Um, Yet there are only just shy of 90,000 certified financial planners, less than three and a half percent of them are black and brown. So those are numbers for you. Uh, Now, when I deal with a client and I just had this call yesterday, I always start with a comprehensive plan, right? We got to know Money in coming out. How are you managing your cash flow? How are you positioning your investments if you have any to position? We got to know if you're paying more than your fair share in taxes. And we got to know how you're managing your risk. Because if you woke up on a cloud tomorrow, where, where does it go? So we start with that as the cement that we pour before we say we're investing in Tesla or we're, you know, shorting Bitcoin because we don't believe in it, whatever, right? Because I think, you know, first things first. 
Um, at the end of the day, if, if you don't have your cash flow right, what you're going to be doing is pulling from your investments to live from month to month. So I think everything begins with the plan. And if that is the case, and I'll use this analogy, um, many people don't understand leverage. And what I mean by leverage, uh, Kellen, is for this $10,000 a month high value person to be thinking that they can go do their best out in whatever they do as a plumber, as a technician, whatever, and then come and say, I'm going to study the markets and the games so much that I'm an expert is really fooling themselves. Just like if I know how to cut my yard, I like to cut my yard, but I understand the game. I can pay somebody to cut my yard every week and it looked just as nice, but I get to have conversations like this or I get to talk to clients because my time, an hour worth of my time is worth more than what I would be paying that person. So I want people to start thinking that way. This high value person, you're not very high value if you are not an expert at this and you try to do this on your own and mess it up. So the first thing you might need to do is hire somebody to help you understand where you're at, where you're trying to go, remove all bias out the way. Because one often um, mistake that I see people make is that because I made the money, I know how to invest it the best. And that's not always the case. Um, I have a person that I work with because I have bias. <laughs> Even though I've been doing this for 20 years, I have bias. So that's the very first thing that I would say. Um, and, you know, I, I don't, everybody's going to be a little different with that plan. Um, but start with, if you're, if you're not self-employed and you're employed by a person, be maxing out your 401k, especially if there's a match, right? If they have, if there's a retirement plan with a match, that's free money. So that's a no brainer. So we can start there. And I'm, I'm so glad you said that. I, I really say God made y'all all. So you're high value. But when you have to tell everybody you're high value or you're alpha, I say like Jesse Lee Peterson, beta. And, you know, that's that's that 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 it doesn't make sense to me because the people that I know who are at, you know, those levels, it's like they never have to talk about money. It's kind of tacky. But because you do finances, we're talking about money. And what do you think like is a good range for somebody to say, you know what, I can afford the hundred thousand or three hundred thousand dollar car. And I ask you that because we see so many young people trying to catch up on Instagram, trying to look like something. But also I can see some of my neighbors and I asked them, I said, you got half a million dollars worth of cars, you know, all of them in their garage. I just want to know, what do you do? Because I love that Aston Martin and you got the matching Lamborghini, two of them in the garage with the elevator. That's awesome. But how does that make sense? Because I want to know, because I'm still tripping off the $18,000 I'd have to pay in maintenance for the Aston Martin. Call me frugal. Call me. Maybe I've not made it yet. But at what level can someone say, you know what? I can afford a $300,000 car. You as an expert, you're qualified to give that advice where we would listen and say, okay, that makes sense. Well, let me give you uh, let me give you a corollary to that before I go there. So the CFP teaches the CFP curriculum, Certified Financial Planner curriculum, teaches us that your uh, take home your your mortgage payment should be no more than thirty five percent of your take home. And so, if you start to do the math on that, that would probably let's say your 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 ten grand a month, you know, taxes and everything, you you bring home about sixty five hundred or so your mortgage payment shouldn't be more than three grand. 
3500 right and so if you've got a car that is as is worth as much as your house or almost you know close to that i live in texas so real, real estate is a little bit cheaper than in florida but i, I guess my point is it, it's it's out of balance you got something that is you know uh, appreciating asset that like your home and you got this depreciating asset from the time you you know uh, drive it off the lot that is taking up a large portion of your budget. So I think you want to use percentages. I, in my opinion, a $300,000 car does not belong in anybody's garage that is not worth seven figures in net worth, at least. Um, it just, it just doesn't make any sense because you think if you're less than seven figures in net worth, a $300,000 car is more than a third of your net worth at that point, And it's going the wrong way. So it, the math, this doesn't, doesn't make sense if you're going to try to build wealth. It's, you guys heard it. So, you know, having because, you know, you might have saw the guy in Detroit who won 30,000 on the lotto and bought a $20,000 chain only to get robbed at the same place that, you know, he got the lotto ticket. And it's like people will tell you, but Kellen, nobody ever told me what you're telling me. And now I have a, you know, certified professional who is telling you where you should be before you think about. Let's talk about burka bags real quick before you buy a $15,000 bag. Um, I was going to say red bottoms, but now that everyone's talking about burka bags, um, like, you know, that's the new, I guess, Nikes call me old, whatever, where if someone's buying a $15,000 purse, what would you tell your clients? Where should they be to be able to buy? And you can ask your 19 year old if I'm off on the price. That's just what I heard. She would know more than me. Yeah, but she probably does. So this is what I'll say. You know, I'm not one of those and it may seem like it, but let me just set the record straight. I'm not going to be one of those financial advisors that are coming with this ruler and wrapping you on the wrist every time you make a bad purchase. Because at the end of the day, this is this is your money. You, you've worked for it. I totally get it. But what I am going to challenge you on is, okay, so you told me you want to retire five years earlier than where you are, but we're a little bit behind. So how does this purchase fit into the scheme of what you told me earlier? I'm going to be that accountability for you. And that might be that hard question, right? But that's what you pay me to do. Um, the other thing that I would say is there's got to be, and this is this is going to shift it and maybe dig a knife a little bit, but since you've got the platform, I, I, I would be remiss not to say it. We as a community, we have to get away from trying to show our wealth and just have it, right? What is, the, what is this show that we have to keep up with the Joneses or compete with one another or whatever it is? where we have to flash and show how much we have when we really don't even have it instead of putting it in the places it needs to go. Now, I know this is a, you know, probably a broad stroke. There are some that are out there listening like, no, I'm, I'm doing it the right way. And that's great. Keep it, keep it moving. But if, if you've got to show how much you make or how much you're worth, then we're actually speaking about something inside of you that's a little, you know, needs to be maybe checked or, 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 or question about why you have to do that. Cause I would say, you know, you can be wealthy without everybody knowing how much you're, you know, uh, how, how much you're worth because you're driving around this, you know, this, this car that you really can't afford or being in this apartment that you can't afford or buying, um, you know, bags and clothes and stuff that you can't really afford. And you guys are getting the game from somebody who's been married over 20 years, has children, 
not someone who, you know, is just talking and hasn't been married in combined total of six years, <laughs> you know, somebody who has actually done it. And, and that's the people you need to listen to and have two coins, you know, put together that that these are the people you need to listen to, not the rappers, not the athletes, not the people who go on live every night, you know, and, and tell you some things that they haven't done in their own life, but somebody who's done it now. Are you. Do you have a course? Because Dominique is everybody's daddy at this point on his YouTube channel, being able to tell you what you should and shouldn't do um, or what you could do to maximize your, your money. Because it's not how much money you make, it's how much you can save and, and keep and invest. But do you have a course? Um, and what, what, if you do, what is the cost of that course for people to learn more? So... What I, what I decided a little while ago, Kellen, is that um, for the people that I think I can serve the best, um, and I'm all about, you know, operating in my superpower, um, zone of genius type of guy. So um, I, I realized that I can't help everybody at the level that I feel like they should be helped. <laughs> Let's put it that way. I'm a little cocky when it comes to that. So um, I decided, and I heard this from, I think it was Tyler Perry that said this at like a war show. He's like, once you've gotten to a point of success, your job is to hold the door open for others. And um, I probably only want to really serve like 50 families, to be honest, um, at a time, because that allows me to know everybody's situation very intimately and, and, and give them a, a really high level of service. And so what I did about a year and a half ago is I started mentoring and coaching the next generation of financial advisors. So um, I, I spend about 50% of the time doing uh, of my time doing what we just talked about in, in this first 20 minutes or so. And then the rest of the time is preparing content is, is coaching is mentoring is guiding people to understand that as a financial professional, professional, financial services professional, you have the, the ability to change people's family tree and everybody deserves a family tree change. And so this is how you do it. And so uh, the course that I have is on that side of the business um, that I have. So just to be really clear on that. Okay. And yeah, you want the, um, the quality more than the quantity. And I definitely get that because I, I feel the same, you know, to service everybody, you know, some people really have some mental health issues and I've worked in that field. And so I can see him from afar and say, Oh, you remind me of X and so-and-so. And so I don't know if it's yeah. mental health issues as much as it's just, you know, uh, money stories, right? It might be some mental health issues and I'm not a mental health uh, practitioner or professional, so I can't really speak to that. But I will say I've talked to so many people that have what I would call money trauma uh, because of maybe how they were treated, how they grown up, um, because, you know, they got their experiences. They didn't have their mindset. They formed from that. The mindset dictates the behaviors, actions, how you will, you know, show up and then how you show up gives you your results. And people are looking at and staring in the face, trying to change their results, their bad results. But really, they need to change their mindset because that's going to change your behaviors. And so um, sometimes you have to do that type of work with clients. You got to get, you know, what I call a little dirt on your fingernails um, because um, people come to come to financial services professionals with all types of you know, filters and preconceived notions, uh, not that are all their fault. Um, in, in a lot of instances. Can you talk about the CFP, you know, because you have people who sell insurance, 
um, with no college degree and they will are, are you know, and very limited life experience. Sometimes you have like a 22 year old telling you, hey, are you good on your life insurance? And this is why you really need whole and not term. And I'm like, bro. I don't need help from you um, because I'm a qualified investor. I, I don't need help from, you know, <laughs> you just got out of school. Not to say that you don't have some knowledge, but in this field, I'm going to get my stuff from the elders that have, you know, seen more than than me. Um, can you talk about the CFP 170 question exam, you know, because people will say, well, I took my insurance thing. I know something about finance and it's like, Okay, that's fine, but just not enough for me. Um, yeah. Talk about you know what the different certifications and what makes you qualified to talk about this and how difficult it was to get. I, I this is a really good um, trail you're running hopping down because I think because of that number I gave you earlier, this is Cerulea Associates, maybe two three years ago, three hundred eighty thousand people um, using the title of financial advisor. This is a very very and this is as an industry leader, I consider myself an industry proponent and somebody that loves financial services. The bar is too low. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, to all the people that are hustling out there that are, you know, taking their life and health and selling insurance and, and really setting people up for a death benefit that um, is, is a great thing. That's great. That's where you start. But you need to keep on layering if, you, if you're going to really give back to this industry, because there is a low bar with, I can go take a life and health exam that I can probably study for in about 30 days. The state of Texas that I'm in will license me and I can go get appointed with any carrier that wants to sell life insurance. And, and on my business card, I can put financial advice. So, uh, you know, on Ethel doesn't know the difference between that. Now, you know, executive Dave might, but you know, on Ethel doesn't. And so she, she may buy something. And I guess my point with that is, because that bar is low, a lot more harm than good can be done. And so we have to be careful. We have to be educated around that. So that's kind of the first layer. Then you have this whole, what I call the broken dealer model, where you get all these companies that come in and bait and switch people and have them sell their products. Are all of them bad? No. But there's a lot of bad ones that cause that same more harm than good can be done type of deal. And so when we talk about the Certified Financial Planner Board of Standards, what they've done is they've gotten a four part thing that you need to do. You got to adhere to their ethics every two years. You need to complete 30 hours of continuing education, um, some of which is ethics. Otherwise, you can't use the marks. The second thing is, is you have to have a bachelor's degree. It doesn't have to be in finance at this point in time, but you have to have a bachelor's degree. You have to go through their education, which is seven classes. It'll take you about nine months or so. You have to have experience. You got to have 6,000 hours of experience, which roughly translates to about two to three years, depending on how often you're doing this and how often you're practicing. And you have to be doing the seven elements of financial planning while you're doing it to get that 6,000 hours. And then you got to pass, like you said, the big daddy of them all, the exam, which is, you know, um, a very rigorous <laughs> exam, to say the least. So when you're working with the certified financial plus, uh, professional, which for your listeners, they can go to letsmakeaplan.org and you can find somebody in your area. Uh, but when you're working with somebody, you're talking about somebody that has at least spent three years of their life just doing this or training for this. At least that. Most financial professionals, certified financial planners 
are um, five years and above that they've been, you know, kind of either working through this in school or in a, a company or something like that. Because it, it's a big commitment and it's not cheap either to to uh, to go after. I, I love the you know, the, the detail of how long it takes, because right now, you know, us being um, hopefully coming out of a pandemic, but seeing how, you know, we could go right back in one tomorrow, um, depending on how, how things move, you know, people would rather listen to their favorite personality on YouTube talk about health, our finance, but then when you get sick or when you really need the help, it's someone like yourself or it's your your doctor who you're going to, the same doctor who you said, oh, this thing was just a joke. Um, the, the experience that it took you to get here and the amount of money that it took, you know, and you went to a HBCU. So did my wife and I. We went to the Harvard of the South, Grambling State University. Oh, <laughs> man, this interview just went south. Oh. <laughs> no, you're only supposed to say that if I went to Southern. But, um, you know, but <laughs> I, I, I get it. I, I get it. We, we, we've we swacked y'all a couple of times. Oh, oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> but, <laughs> Oh, you guys, God. Do I have you to do it? P-V-U. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know I know Prairie View well. My wife, I don't know if she's still in the house. She'll, like, she'll come out like, yeah, he know it real well. He know that y'all <laughs> real. You know, she'll tell you, the, she'll tell you the ins and outs that I sometimes forget. Like, I did that. But, um, <laughs> we, but, we digress. Um, we digress. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah. The, um... <laughs> What it took you to get here, if somebody, you know, they're listening and say, you know what, I, I do need help and I've been slacking, what should they expect to pay a professional like yourself? And I guess that question is also for the 14-year-old who's listening says, wow, I really like this guy's career, but, you know, can I get rich? Can I get wealthy off of it? But, um, you know, that's all relative. Like, what is rich? What is wealthy? Depending on your lifestyle. But if somebody is, wants your services, just give them that, you know, that range of where they need to be at. Because you'll have people call you and say, yeah, I need your help, brother. I got $50 a month for you. And it's like, uh, no. <laughs> no, no, I get you. So let me answer that in two spots. Let's answer it for the person that's looking and going, you know, I've always liked financial services and, you know, I, I, that's something I, I'm, I'm interested in. You know, what what do these people make? Uh, the range is hard, but I would say within your third year and up, you probably will average six figures. Um, I think the same people that came out with the, you know, there's 389,000 people. They say that I think the 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 um, average salary was like 132 or something like that. 130, 132,000. That's a few years ago. So. There's all types of structures and we could, you know, spend the balance of the hour and more talking about all the different structures to do that within. I would just say, though, you can make a really good living. Now, if you work on your own, obviously, you got to get your own clients and that's going to be even a wider range. Uh, and the the first two or three years can be hard, depending on how you start. So um, but yeah, for the most part, I would say, you know, it's a, it's one of those six figure type of careers. Um, there's obviously people doing way better than that. As far as what somebody should look like or look for when they're working with an individual like myself, which again, ranges a lot. I implore people to check out letsmakeaplan.org. Um, that will give you a list of 
people that are using these marks that are certified financial planners. And let me just say parenthetically before I get to the numbers, the reason why I harp so much on this is because in any industry where you're looking for an expert, which most people want the expert, like you, you've got, you know, a terminal cancer or something like that. You want to go to the specialist. You know, people are going to, uh, you know, these the, 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 what is it, the Mayo Clinic or something like that. They're not just trying to go to the doctor down the street. And so um, if, if you care about your finances, you're trying to go to the next level. That's the reason why I'm advocating for working with a certified financial planner, because we've been trained in a way that, you know, it's it's fine to work at Merrill Lynch or Morgan Stanley and some of these big names. But what I will tell you is I talk to those people in those training programs all the time. And what we're talking about is, you know, nine week to six month training program on those products and they're expert in those products. But are they looking at it from a comprehensive standpoint? Not at all. That's not what they're paid to do. So um that is the parenthetical um i would say you would probably start uh at least let's talk about my services my services start with the comprehensive plan like i talked about earlier and i charge just very transparently twenty five hundred dollars and up for a plan depending on what your deal is most times that is at least 10 hours of my time me and my team's time and you know my time ranges from 250 to 300 dollars an hour so that's where we start Okay. And, and so you guys have a range and does that need to be paid all at once? Cause again, somebody will say, well, I got $50 a month. Let me uh, put 50 on it. And then um, I will, you know, eventually get there. But that same person as you know, this will be the most bugaboo client asking <laughs> you stuff at 3am talking about, Hey, why didn't you pick up your phone? Um, I, I was asking you a question, but is that, is that an all in one or are there installment plans for the first and who does just maybe need two months of installment, you know? What I would say, I would back up. I would think if if what you can afford as far as discretionary income is only $50 a month, there's some things you can do before you get to a person like me, right? So let's talk about the financial advice continuum, right? So we got, because you began with this, you know, there's people on Instagram or all these other different places and all of them aren't bad, right? Some of them get some really good financial education, you know, you got, you know, brothers over there at EYL and, you know, Wall Street Trapper. These are people that mm-hmm. have been in the game for a while and they're giving really good information. So um, what I would say is there are probably about, and this is not my own. I have to give credit to Wilson Muskinen of the Money Speak Easy. We was talking about this on my podcast a couple of years ago. And he said, there's probably about 15 steps from financial illiteracy to I'm making it work for me. And the majority of the population, not just our community, are probably on steps one through 13. And to be honest, somebody like myself comes in later in the game, maybe let's call it steps 10 through 15. So you can have a financial education uh, or a financial educator, somebody like a financial counselor uh, or a financial coach before you need a financial planner that's like really taking your 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 strategy if you will and creating a strategy for you and taking that to the next level that's where you might need to start if all you have discretionary income is you know $50 a month or something less than um what it takes to start because there's all types of programs i know when me and my wife bought our first house we used i think it's called the neighborhood assistance corporation of america naca to help us get our first house so there's organizations like that that will have 
you know, subsidize the cost of what it takes to work with a person like myself or, you know, equal caliber that you can begin with. And, and I would say explore those options first, right? You know, Google those options, you know, instead of spending that extra four hours on Instagram or YouTube, like go find, go do all that kind of stuff. You got, you know, um, the Jumpstart Coalition, you know, you got all types of um, free programs that you can use if you're in a spot that won't allow you to pay more than 50 bucks a month. You can still get the help that you need, though. Definitely, definitely. And you mentioned, you know, the, those other um, platforms, but one of them is, I believe, like a financial advisor. Like he's, you know, certified. Um, those guys aren't there because they are the most entertaining, but the people that they bring on and the stuff that they do, they're bringing in the experts. And and, and I enjoy both of those platforms. Um, I, I kid with the platforms that give the bad because nah. usually those are the most popular you know nah, and it. you could say yeah you know it, it, it's like uh, doctors are bad but everything dr sebi said was the truth and you know you go down this whole rabbit hole of, and you don't want to discredit anybody by name but you know dr sebi had his place, but the doctors have their place as well. And we, 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 who are you going to take your child to if they're sick? You know, um, all things equal. That part. <laughs> so that, that, yeah, that, that's what I, uh, I'm talking about. Now, with all the, you know, great stuff that you are doing and the best is yet to come because you still are a young man. I mean, you know, you, you have so much more years to go and grow what's a community give back that you're doing or that you'd like to do in the future yeah no great question i think um it begins with what i'm doing on my consulting with my consulting business jumpstart so jumpstart is uh literally i can't even really explain how this came about except to say that it wasn't my idea right i was i've been working with the youtube coach for years and as I was trying to grow my wealth management business, she made the suggestion that um, why don't you do a day in the life of a financial advisor? And I was like, well, none of my target clients want to do that. But yet and still, I was I was paying her for advice. So I put my money where my mouth is and I did what she said. And that was the video that kind of jumped off this whole um, movement or community of people that were like, hey, why don't you mentor me or hey, why don't you coach me on how I need to switch careers to get into this industry. Cause I, I do talk, talk to a lot of career changers, obviously a lot of people coming out of school, but my target market really is career changers. That person that's on there, you know, let's say um, encore career or maybe first or second, uh, second career, they've done something for 10 or 15 years, but they're like, I really, really have this passion or this calling that I feel I want to do the financial services. So that's kind of my give back because at the end of the day, I realized that you know, I could build the biggest firm I want to, Kellen, but at the end of the day, I'm still not going to serve everybody. Um, and the only way that I thought that made sense was to take a portion of my time and knowledge and deposit that into the next generation. So all those people can go start their firms. And there we have this kind of multiple uh, multiplier effect going on. So uh, I'll continue to do that. I, I get a lot of um, energy. Uh, I love to do it. I love to do the podcast, love to do the YouTube, love to do interviews like this. Um, and so I'll continue to do that for the most part. And I, I think that will make a bigger and bigger and bigger footprint. It's kind of like when you throw a, a rock into the, the lake, that ripple effect. And that's what I'm looking for with Jumpstart. 
Well, I love to hear that. And you guys love to hear it. And for those of you who are watching, you know, you get to see it um, and you can put a face with a name. I think we'll take this offline and I'll ask you guys to share this with someone because it can really change someone's life and get that spark or that support that they need. Because there's something else I want to tell and ask Dominique off air that in case he says no, I don't want to be embarrassed, but I want his <laughs> platform. I want his platform to grow, so I'm gonna make him um, an offer, and I won't say that he can't refuse. Because if you, hi guys, I'm Kai Gabiam from the Diaspora Channel, a lover of Africa. If you love Africa as well, and you would love to visit one day or to relocate to Africa, there is a course out there for you. And this course is my first trip to Africa, a course well put together by a seasoned traveler, Kellen Cash Coleman. This course is designed to prepare you to travel better, which will save you both time and money. And the great news is this course costs only $20, guys. It can't get any better. Go right now and enroll to this course at www.diversifygame.com. Don't miss out. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversify Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifyGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.